Hello, folks. I am Trevor Welsh, and I thank you for tuning in to the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers Fort Worth District's podcast, Life is Better at the Lake, the only podcast that brings you all the greatness and splendor of our 25 lakes across the great state of Texas. As always, this podcast is made possible by the U.S. Armed Forces Service members, whose bravery and sacrifice allow you to listen to this and other great podcasts whenever, wherever, and however you want. To get the full effect, you can watch my guest and I interact on the YouTube version of this podcast. But if you're in a car, or at the gym, or you just don't like seeing my face, subscribe to this podcast on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts so you'll be notified when each monthly episode is published. Details will be in the description. Also, feel free to send comments to public.affairs at usace.army.mil. Now, sit back and get ready to learn why life is better at the lake. Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of Life is Better at the Lake. Today I'm here at Waco Lake and I'm with the lead ranger out here, Michael Champagne. How you doing today, Mike? I'm doing good. It's been a fun adventure out here in Waco. Came out here, um, we're filming this on the 21st, right? Yeah, I, and I came out here on, uh, when was that, the 18th? Yes. We tried to film it at one of the parks, but just got too windy, so we had to reschedule but i'm glad we were able to reschedule and get back out here we're going to talk about why life is better at waco lake mike why don't you start off by telling me a little bit about how you became how you came to be a ranger here at waco lake uh yeah i started uh, up in iowa as an intern while i was in college um I studied wildlife biology up there and then uh, once i graduated out of that internship program um, there was full-time jobs all over i applied all over and uh ended up down here in Waco. What do you think about Waco? What do you think about living in Waco? I think it's fun. It's a great little town. Uh, there's a lot going on. Um, but, you know, just outside of the city, you're back in the country. So it's it's the best of both worlds to yeah. me. Yeah, it is. It's it's very nice. The, um, the lake sort of butts up to urban area and rural area, like urban on the uh, east side of the lake and rural on the west side of the lake. Yep. Yeah, our east side is is uh, you know a lot. It's the city, uh, a lot more populated houses. Uh, then you go on the other side of the lake, and it's farms and and you know not as many uh, homes or neighborhoods. Uh, Thursday, drove around. Mike took me around and, and showed me Waco and the parks and everything. And Waco has some pretty interesting history, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, the lake itself and the city both have uh, rich, rich history. Um, you know, this lake has had actually three different lake levels. Um, the original dam was built in the 20s. The city managed it. Um, they needed more water for the city as the city grew. And in the 60s, they built, the Army Corps of Engineers came in and built a new dam and impounded the new lake, um, which is the current dam that we have now. Um, but with greater need for water, um, the city and the Corps of Engineers worked together um, with some planning. And then uh, after about another 20 years, they uh, raised the level of the lake. So the dam stayed the same, but the, they raised the level of the lake seven feet in 2003 to provide more uh, drinking water for the city and the county. 
but water supply isn't the main uh, reason for the lake, is it? What's the why does the lake exist? Why is it so important? So Waco Lake was built, um, you know, for a, a flood protection for the city. Um, there's been a history of flooding on the Brazos River, um, and when the Corps of Engineers was asked to come and help, that's kind of how we got uh, the authority to build Waco and Whitney, um, both to protect the downstream, us being, you know, more directly right here in Waco, um, but are both both Waco and Whitney um, hold back water from the Brazos to make sure to try to keep it at a, a more regulated level. What river was um, dammed to make this lake? The Bosque River. Um, it was the, our pr- primary tributary is the North Bosque. Um, we also have the middle and the South Bosque rivers uh, and Hog Creek. So we've got four tributaries. Um, and then the Bosque River flows out of our dam uh, for a few miles and where it meets up with the Brazos River. So this dam, just like the dam uh, at Louisville, Benbrook, and Bardwell on the last three episodes, it's an earthen embankment dam, but this one is a little bit different because it's got a different spillway, right? Tell me about the spillway you guys got. So we have um, we have 14 tanner gates um, on the one side of the dam that we can use to release water. And then on the other side, we have an outlet work structure with uh, three low fl- three conduit gates, excuse me, uh, that release into the, I guess, your traditional spillway where people can go down, they fish. Um, uh, so we've got two different options for releasing water. We tend to do our major releases, the larger ones, uh, at the Tainer gates, but uh, we have two different options there uh, to be able to release. When we went out to the dam and drove on top of the dam, we couldn't go all the way. We had to turn around and enter from the other side because they're doing work out there. What's Who's out there and what are they doing on the dam? So we have the Tennessee Valley Authority. It's another federal um, agency. Uh, they're working on repairing, um, uh, doing preventative maintenance, bearing seals, all that greasing, uh, our structures, our gates. Um, they're also right now, what you saw the other day, they're painting them, um, cleaning them off, painting them uh, to help protect them from, you know, this Texas, this Texas heat's pretty brutal on you know, on machinery. And this is, this is very, you know, large, expensive equipment and we, we have to maintain it. And so that's what they're here doing. And this, uh, this dam's a little bit different also in the fact that it's open to the public. You can hike, hike and run and bike on top of the dam, right? Right. So we have about a three mile trail on top of the dam. Um, and it is a public use as far as, um, they're allowed to hike, bike, walk, um, no, no public vehicles, uh, I know some dams. Some dams have public roads, highways that go over them, but ours is just strictly uh, hiking and biking. Speaking of running and biking and trails, you guys got uh, quite a few trails out here at the lake, right? Yeah. So most of our trails are actually in uh, an area we call Lacey Point. It's an access area. There's a boat ramp, but then there's also uh, an entire section of trails, multi-use, equestrian, you know, hiking, biking. Uh, and it spans from Lacey's Point to uh, Reynolds Creek, where we have our equestrian campground. So either side, you can access the trails from, um, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head how many miles, but um, it's a neat area. It used to be an actual park, but with the changing designations and the raising of the lake, uh, the park was closed, and you know it's kind of let the wild take it over. Um, and then also at the wetlands, the Waco wetlands, uh, which is uh, 
an out grant of ours. We we lease it to the city of Waco. Uh, they maintain trails out there as well. Um, Tell me a little bit more about the wetlands. It's pretty interesting when they when they raised the lake level the third time, they uh, the old wetlands is now underwater. So they had to yes. make a new wetlands. Tell right. Me, tell me about the purpose of that. So before they raised the level another seven feet, um, you know, through the regulatory department, they were able to determine that certain wetlands, natural wetlands, uh, were going to be inundated by water. Um, And so many trees were going to be inundated by water when we raised the level of the lake. And so part of the mitigation for losing the natural wetlands and the trees, uh, the city of Waco was responsible for creating wetlands, which is what we have now is the Waco Lake wetlands, um, and then also planting trees around the lake. Um, so the Waco Lake wetlands, uh, it's managed by the city of Waco. It's our federal, you know, it's Army Corps of Engineers property, um, and they manually pump water out of the North Bosque River, and it filters through the wetlands and comes out the other side cleaner than it was when it went in. So, it, you know, it performs the actual... Uh, water quality, you know, it, it, before, it does what a wetland's supposed to do. Yeah. Um, but it also provides educational opportunities. Uh, they've got partnerships with Baylor University uh, to do studies. Um, they've got, uh, I think, Texas A&M and Texas Tech have gone out there to do studies. There's tons of school programs. Uh, the person who runs it, Nora, over there, she's got an educational center where kids can come in. And she does tons and tons of programs for, for schools and students uh, teaching about where our water comes from and, and what the process is to go from rain to your drinking water. Yeah, that's a really interesting and valuable partnership that you guys got out here with uh, with the city of Waco and Baylor and all those other um, organizations. Tell me, you also partnered, had a, a really valuable and interesting partnership to um, uh, build a new area out on the river that's it's pr- pretty important for you guys and important for the public. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so uh, in 2018, we applied for a handshake partnership, which is uh, basically a grant from headquarters. Um, and we were given uh, $20,000 $20, from headquarters to um, – we're in the process of building more river access here at the lake. Um, so we're building uh, – we are pretty much done with the one at Bosky Park, which is where our spillway is. Um, we've got a kayak uh, hand launch canoe, you know, uh, basically it's a hand launch ramp. So we built a road that goes down to the riverbank, and it, there's a gravel area where people can unload, load their kayaks. Um, we put in uh, 10 picnic sites in there, and we partnered this. So this is a big project, though. It's We partnered with the state, uh, Texas Parks and Wildlife. Um, they were able to put in money for from grants that they got. Uh, the city of Waco has been involved um, Keep Waco Beautiful, the Waco Fly Fishing Club, the Bench Litter Patrol, Group W Bench Litter Patrol. I always get that confused. <laughs> um, and a local company, Central Crush Concrete as well. Um, all these partners got together. Oh, and the Waco Paddle Club. I don't want to forget them. Uh, everybody's been meeting together. We've been meeting for a couple of years and, and, and pooling our resources to make this project happen. Um, and we've got another one on the other side, on the lake side. Um, it's a popular area that's for fishing, um, fishing and hunting on the Middle Bosky River. And we kind of have this dead end road where there's a, one of our hunting areas, but a lot of people try to launch boats there. 
because it's a safer place to launch. And so that's the purpose of this is to give people an opportunity to launch their boats in a safer area instead of having to cross the main body of the lake. Because if you saw the other day when it was so windy, yeah, um, you know, it's dangerous out there on, to be in open water on to a be an open small water, craft when it's that windy. Yes, yeah, and so it's a safety thing as much as it is just an access, and it's exciting for us um, to be able to build something new. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's pretty valuable partnership, and that's good for the public. You, um, speaking of hunting. Tell me about the the hunting areas and opportunities that you have around the lake. So we have seven seven hunting areas around oh, the wow. lake, wildlife management areas um, that are open to public hunting. Um, we have maps that are available. We've got a, a digital map through our website that you can go to, and you can actually pull up on your phone in real time and see where you're at in our hunting areas. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, that was that was uh, created by one of our rangers. She put that together um, in a worked with some of the other lakes doing it up in the metroplex as well um but we've got seven areas it's open to public it's public hunting um we only require permits during deer gun season um being more of an urban lake we try to limit not everybody running around out there at the same time you know it just it just helps make it a safer experience for people so we're going to be uh doing a little bit of a different thing this year with our permitting system um traditionally we all meet at where, where you and I met the other day, mm-hmm. and we meet with the public. They bring their applications, and we draw numbers, and then they get to pick what week they're going to go and hunt okay. and what location. This year, due to some of the current restrictions, um, we are going to – everybody's going to submit their applications to us, and the drawing is going to be done here at the office, and everybody will be assigned an area in a week as to where – when and where they will be hunting. Um, How do they submit those applications to you? So the applications, if you go onto our website, you can find all the information there. But basically, they can either be mailed to our office um, here in Wetco, the 3801 Zoo Park Drive. And all this this information will be in the description box of, for the video. Yes, or they can email uh, me the applications and the, the waiver's liability. Um, you want me to read my email out? No, everything. <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, so they can send all the applications in. They're due by August 15th, um, and then at that point we will do the drawing. And, you know, we still want people to be able to hunt. We're just trying to find ways to make it work with uh, current restrictions with the state and the city. And, you know, with everything that's going on, this is the best way that we've figured to do it for this year. Outstanding. And, and, you know, you figured out a way to, to be able to still do it because people love to hunt. People love recreation, and it's – you guys are doing it great. Yeah, yeah, we're excited. It's going to be, I think it's going to be another great year. Great. Do you allow hunting uh, for anything more than deer? Yeah, so we have, um, our hunting is, we have small game, so squirrels and rabbits. Um, we have hog hunting. We've got some areas that have uh, quite a few hogs. I know uh, speaking with some of the local hunters, actually, they've been going out and uh, kind of reporting to me. They've, one of our areas, they've got 27 hogs i think in the last few months so uh we've got them they move around but uh then we've got deer hunting and uh pretty good dove hunting as well and uh and duck hunting and we have uh, on our maps delineations of where people can hunt ducks um and where they can't we try to keep people from hunting them on the main body of the lake being such an urban lake there's you know with all the houses and and other people recreating Mm -hmm. uh, we try to meet meet everybody in the middle um but yeah there's a lot of great hunting opportunities here really just limited to you know no fur bearers um and we don't have any predator hunting uh tell me about the the 
parks and campgrounds that you guys got? So we have four Class A campgrounds. Uh, Midway and Airport are both open year-round. Um, those are kind of our flagship parks. Uh, they're, uh, Midway's kind of a smaller park, but it's really close to I- I-35, really easy to get there. Um, and then Airport Park's our largest campground as far as, uh, you know, it's all 50-amp campsites. We have uh, eight group or eight, sorry, screened-in shelters that I showed you the other day, yeah. which is basically, you know, it's power and water and electric. Got a ceiling fan in there. Got a ceiling fan and, and you know, bug screens up so you can sit in there with your family. Some people set up tents in there. Um, we've got a group shelter. Um, and then we got Reynolds Creek, which is more of a primitive kind of smaller campground. Uh, it's got quite a few sites, but um, they run off 30-amp, you know, and it's – it's. Uh, I like Reynolds Creek. I think it's really pretty there. Lots of – a lot more trees. Um, but Airport Park's got the view of the, you know, the view of the lake everybody mm-hmm. wants. They want yeah. to be right there on the lake. And then the other campground is Spiegelville Park, um, and that one's pretty popular as well. I mean, all all four parks are booked every single weekend during the summer. How many how many rangers do you have here on staff? Uh, right now we've got three. So you guys work heavily with uh, with game wardens yes. to enforce water safety on the lake. Yep. Yeah, we uh, we have two game wardens in our county right now. Uh, they, they actually, we have a partnership with them. They store their boats here at our office. Um, so that also is great because it gives us an opportunity to interact with them a lot more than maybe we would have if they weren't here um, storing their boats. But, yeah, the game wardens here work really closely with us uh, to do water safety um, checks to help us patrol the lake uh, on land and on the water. Um, just last night we were working with them to uh, try to get, get the message across to some people with jet skis that, you know, they can't do whatever they want. But, uh, right. but I mean, that's the partnership with us. We've built that relationship with them that they know if we call, we need help. They'll, I know they'll be there. Um, and then more recently, the Sheriff's Department has also purchased a few boats and gotten some training for their deputies to help, uh, to help as well on the lake patrol and, uh, and keep an eye on the area. Mike, tell me a little bit about uh, a flood that you guys recently had and some, some damage that it did that you guys are working on repairing. Yeah, so uh, it's about a year, a little over a year ago. Uh, we, I mean, we flooded about 11 times in the last few years, so wow. it's hard to keep track of them all. But um, about a year ago, we had a flood um, that hit us pretty hard. Um, we lost a lot of our infrastructure in the camp in the campgrounds but also in the day use parks so right now the only park we still don't have open is airport beach and that's where we were the other day uh you know the metal rooftops got ripped off by the flood um the bathrooms were destroyed you know a concrete restroom is only as good as how secure it can stay and uh the doors got ripped off by the flood and then the uh the interior of the beach restroom just every single pipe in there was broken uh, we've got we've got supplies. We're starting to uh, you know put that stuff together. You know, we try to weigh out. You know, we're working on parks. We've got parks that are open. We've got you know all four campgrounds open. The other day use area. Everything else is open. And um, you know when you're when you got parks open, you've got electrical calls. You've got plumbing calls, water leaks, um, and and you try to you know maintain what you've got open as well as. And in the meantime, try to fix the stuff that was broken from the floods. Um, and then you get stuff, you know, just the other day we had some, uh, actually yesterday, um, somebody ripped the door off one of our one of our bathrooms, one of the showers. Um, so that's in the back of my truck. we got to figure out, uh, you know, 
basically repair it, repair the frame, put it back in. But you know, it's hard to keep up with stuff when, when, uh, when it gets abused, I guess. Yeah, it's, it's all about responsible recreation. You guys, um, you told me that you had an uh, issue with trash at some of your locations. Yeah, it's mostly in our day use areas. Um, uh, Bosky Park, which is where we've got that new that new boat ramp. Uh, it's a really, really popular fishing area right at the spillway. Mm-hmm. So when we're letting water out, it's, it's slammed with people. Um, and we've been having a lot of tr- problems with trash, people leaving it behind. And we've got trash cans out there. We've got a dumpster. Um, but when the trash can's full, people just throw it on the ground and, you know, you some weekends you got to it's like wading through garbage and it's you know beer cans and that's unfortunate and, and fishing garbage and yeah we've we've luckily there's some local folks who really you know they care for the park and um that have kind of stepped it up and they come out there and they pick it up on their own time with their own stuff and then they they were talking to us about it before but um yeah they just it's just it's tough to keep parks you know rolling like that and you know and then you feel bad when somebody's got to wade through trash to go fishing yeah um, speaking of um locals volunteering to go out there and pick up trash you got a pretty good volunteer team out here don't you yes yeah we have quite a few uh full-time volunteers here at the lake uh, park hosts and maintenance volunteers and uh yeah they're they're hard work and i'll tell you what we couldn't do uh we, this lake would not operate with without our volunteers full-time and uh, the folks who come out for our trash cleanups or for National Public Lands Day, um, all, any of those events, those people, you know, that's how we that's how we get stuff done. You're, the way uh, the way your contract works out here is a little bit different than the other lakes that I've talked to. You've got one contract for all the gate attendants at yes. the lake, right? That's yep. pretty beneficial. Uh, we have one contract for all the gatehouses, and that contractor will staff the gatehouses. Um, and uh, it's been great. It's it's saved us a lot of money on t- uh, the you know training time and 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 just some of the oversight of each individual contract. Um, but it's allowed us to you know revisit the way we run the way we operate, and and it's been working out great. Um, you know I'm I'm glad we did it. And then those people that live up in the front are now volunteers and they're performing that same service that they would have if they were the gate attendant. Uh, they're, they're doing rounds through the park. They're keeping an eye on the park. They're picking, Cleaning up, tra- up. picking up trash yep. or reporting work orders. You know, they're our eyes. So, you know, with only three park rangers, we've got, all got extra people in each park that are, that are telling us, Hey, I just noticed that there's a limb down, you know, after the storm came through, it's that type of service that we're getting that, that, you know, is, is great. It's a huge benefit to us. That's awesome. That's really good. Park, the parks probably wouldn't operate as efficiently without the, those contractors and volunteers, huh? No, no. And, and I think the best part too is, you know, especially with these volunteers, you know, they come to love the park. It's, you know, they, they feel that sense of, uh, community. Um, it's essentially their home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's essentially their home, but you know, you get a lot of people, they take pride in what they do. And, and I think, you know, if we do a lot of good by them to make sure that they have the supplies that they need to do their job. And in return, we get amazing work out of uh, some amazing people. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So tell me, we were talking a little bit earlier about how you um, you work pretty closely with the game wardens to uh, to enforce water safety out on the lake. Uh, but recently you've had some issues with some people on small crafts out on the lake. Tell me, tell me about that. So the last couple of years we've had a, you know, it's been kind of an explosion of, you know, more and more people are getting outside wanting to, 
uh, paddleboard and kayak and canoe. Um, and, and I've noticed it in the last two years. It's been a really popular, especially this last spring and summer. Um, and so we just, it's an education, you know, people don't understand all the times or they're not reading up into the, the rules and regulations that you, you know, you have to have a life jacket on board with you. Uh, even on a paddleboard. Even on a paddleboard. Um, and I know the, the game wardens have spoken with us a couple times about, you know, whether they're working on the river or the lake, that they've been coming across a lot of people without life jackets. Um, and, and it's mostly the paddle craft. Um, and it's, I think some of it's just a learning curve. It's an education. That's why we're here. I and mean, that's what we're trying to teach people. Um, and, and this year we've already, I mean, we've had two kayaks flip over in the middle of the lake and both situations were resolved easily because both people were actually wearing their life jacket when they flipped over. So, um, even just this year, we've had, we've had that, you know, had an accident happen that could have gone a lot different if they hadn't had it or been wearing it. Yeah. It's just like wearing a, uh, if you're in a car on the road, you wear a seatbelt. If you're on the water or near the water. You wear a life jacket. Yes. Yep. Wear your life jacket. Um, at a minimum, you have to have it with you. Mm-hmm. You have to have it accessible. It can't just, uh, you know, it's it's a law. It's a law that is enforced here at Waco Lake. It's enforced all over the state. Um, uh, same thing with children. You know, uh, children must be wearing their life jacket when, when they're in the boats. And, you know, I think education is the easiest way. Obviously, sometimes uh, citations and, and, and warnings are issued, but... Um, educating the public is is the big thing you know and we provide so we have life jacket loaner stations at our beaches um, and we had had them and they got destroyed by the floods and a local eagle scout um, he wanted to do that his, his project he wanted to build us life jacket loaner stations and he did and they I mean they came out great that's awesome um, they matched they matched the uh, the exact like the shelters we have out there he put the same roofing material on I mean cool. they look great they've got the awesome signs and then he set up an Amazon account where people could donate to provide the life jacket so he's provided us I mean, he's he shows up you know every, about every month with boxes and boxes of life jackets to help keep the supply up as they go missing that's outstanding and so it's been great um you know people were using them that's the best part you go out there at the end of the day and every single life jacket you think oh man they're gone you know somebody walked off with them and and uh, and no most of them are getting returned back the kids are wearing them and to me that's that's the purpose of it you know that's great people are using it and, and that's it's, great you know potentially saving a life so that's that's on a small craft uh, paddleboard, kayak, canoe. I mean, really all you can have with you is a life jacket, but on a boat, you're required to have a few more things. What are those things? A fire extinguisher, a sound producing device, um, the boats, you got to have functioning lights, uh, registration. Uh, that's another big one. Um, and on the boats, you got to have a throwable device. So it's a type four throwable. It's that square seat cushion mm-hmm. or, you know, the big ring. Mm-hmm. Um, which you don't have to have that on a jet ski, um, right. but you know, so every, every boat is different and it depends on the length of the boat. You know, there's any, any boat owner before you go out, you got to make sure you, you understand the regulations specific to your, your boat. Um, and, and we've got rental companies that rent out, uh, boats and jet skis and they work hard to make sure, you know, because there they've got novice users mm-hmm. and it's been a learning curve for, for them. But, um, but we've had, again, it's through the education, people are being safer and working together to make sure we're putting people on the water that know what they're doing. Good. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you're right. It is about the education. Most people don't understand how valuable a life jacket is until they need it. 
Yes. Yeah. So you are um, you're all about partnerships out here, from what I can tell. Um, the first time I saw your name uh, since I've been working uh, at the Fort Worth district was when you sent me an email and a uh, little story and, and some photos attached, and I was I was amazed because. I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Mike talk about this, but I've never seen a bald eagle in real life, and this these photos and story that he sent me, I, I just thought it was absolutely amazing. Tell me tell me about what you guys did. So it was probably a year ago in April time frame. Uh, we've got a few nesting bald eagles at the lake, a few nesting pairs, and we've got a lot of people that watch them and they keep an eye on the nests. They take pictures of them every single day, um, and. They kind of keep me in touch on, you know, hey, we got two eaglets. This is, you know, they're healthy, blah, blah, blah. Well, unfortunately, our eagles have had a few mishaps with their nest their nest construction, and they have put it in dead trees uh, that end up breaking during storms. And we had a bad storm that came through, and the next morning I got calls from uh, some of the local photographers saying, hey, the nest's down. Both of the eagles are on the ground. Uh, one was in – they were both injured, uh, one much more than the other. Uh, so I went out there with the game warden, and actually our civil engineer technician came with me. And we were able to uh, get the eagles into a dog crate and transport them to a, the local rehabber, who then held on to them for a couple of days before uh, this last chance forever is this eagle rescue down in San Antonio. And they specialize in you know, raptors and especially eagles. So they took care of the eagles. They did the surgery on the one and unfortunately didn't didn't make it. Um, that was the male. And then the female did make it. They were able to rehab it, train her to hunt, train her to fish, train her to fly, because uh, she was only a few weeks away from being on her own already. They trained her how to f- how to hunt and fly? That's crazy. Yes, yeah, and it, and it is amazing just listening to the, um, to the story and, and the methods that they do to to train these birds to be out on their own uh, without imprinting on them, you know, so that way they depend on people. And it, they, were ready to, they were ready to release it, um, and it was right around the time uh, we got all these restrictions with the COVID-19, and they were running out of room in, in their area there, and, um, and the eagle was ready to go. So they, I said, come on, we'll do a small just a couple people here to go release it. Um, so it was myself and the game warden and the people from the, the rehab. And, yeah, we released the eagle. Uh, and I just saw her two days ago. She's still out here after a few months on her own. So she's uh, she's been doing good. She's been hunting. I've been seeing her with fish. She hangs out at the uh, airport beach, right? Yeah, she's kind of over by airport beach. Um, she she likes – there's a lot of dead trees that are really good right there on the edge of the water for fishing. Um, so she hangs out over there. And then at the same time, she had another – she had a juvenile crested caracara, which is another bird of prey. And she asked if she could release that one there too. So we got to see uh, that bird get released. And I haven't seen it, but they – we have some other caracaras in the area, so it's kind of hard to, you know, get – figure out which one is which at, at that time. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's one of those, they don't, the eagles here at, at Waco, you kind of know based on where they're at, which mm-hmm. ones they are. Uh, the folks who are out there every day have a much better, uh, you know, they, they know a lot better than I do. But I know that it's, this is that juvenile that we released, and and, uh, and it's cool just that she's hanging around, you know. Yeah, that it's is a good cool. success story going from a, a failed, you know, the nest that fell to being rehabbed and, trained and released the wild and mike here is a, a pretty skilled photographer that's one of your hobbies huh 
it's a hobby I've recently uh, picked up. You know, if you don't have enough expensive hobbies, there's always more to pick up. <laughs> <laughs> and and, uh, and I've got some I've got some local guys that have been really teaching me, you know, kind of the ropes and how 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 to adjust the camera and how to work the camera. And I was ready to upgrade from the cell phone, and uh, and it's been fun. I've been having a lot of fun. I've gotten some really great shots. It's mostly luck, I think, <laughs> at this at this time. But I am learning. Uh, I enjoy it. It gets me outside. Um, yeah, it's been a blast uh, taking pictures around the lake, and it it gets you, you know, on my days off, it gets me out exploring areas that I don't have time to to look at, or you know, when I'm at work, you know, we're mostly in the campgrounds and this and that, and uh, you know, it gives me a chance to go explore the wetlands. Now I know the wetlands better than I would have if I didn't, you know, take awesome. up that hobby. I'll have a, a a link to the Facebook post with those photos of the uh, bald eagle. And the otters now. Now we have we've got the otter photos as well. Um, I, I took some pictures with some other guys out there of some some otters. Oh yeah, you did show me those photos. Yeah, then the uh, newspaper picked up on it and they published it. It was in today's Sunday paper. And, awesome. Um, that's cool. You know, a lot of people don't know some of the different animals that they don't realize that we have in the area. So you know, otters are kind of a neat one to talk about, and you know. People don't know that they're here, and now they do. And you know, it might might get more people outside and enjoying the heat if you can enjoy that. <laughs> Absolutely, and it's a hot and humid one today. Yes. So you have. Uh, we're going to continue on this partnership. Uh, we've got dialogue. Yeah, we've got quite a few. You got a, an event, a pretty awesome event coming up that you're passionate about, right? Tell me about that. Yes. So this is a, an event we've done. I think this is going to be the fourth one. Uh, it's called Cast for Kids. Uh, Cast for Kids is a nonprofit. Uh, it's actually a national partnership. So the whole Army Corps of Engineers, all of the lakes, have are part of this partnership with this organization, and they take out um, disabled youth and give them a chance to fish. And so different lakes have different methods of how they do it. And and ours traditionally this year is going to be different. But traditionally we have also their only um, benefit. They have a tournament and a and a and an event where people can bid to fish with professional fishermen. So we have a pro am tournament at the same time as the kids fishing event, and all that money goes towards helping fund more events like this all over the country. And they've been, um, to my understanding, reaching out to other lakes in the Fort Worth district to host events. I think Proctor and Belton are both. Um, either have had or will have events coming up. But ours is on July 11th this year, and it's going to be smaller because we're really – this year is – well, every year is all about the kids. This year there's no tournament. It is it is just taking these kids out fishing. Um, the fundraiser is going to be online, and that, that Saturday will just be about getting these kids outside, bank fishing. Um, it's been fun. Every year the kids are, you know, super excited. They get a plaque. Uh, they get to go and weigh their fish. Um, and it's, it's just really nice to see these families that can come out now uh, that might not have even known that they have a park right down the road from their house that they can go and fish at. And so once the kids get interested in it, the parents, you know, the brothers and the sisters, and all of a sudden you got a whole family out there. And so Cast for Kids provides them with a tackle box, a shirt, a plaque, a fishing rod. Um, they get all kinds of stuff that's all donated. Um, and, and it's just a really cool, you know, heartwarming event. It's one of those things we really, really enjoy here at Waco. And, and, uh, we put, we put all our efforts into these partnerships because it's, it's the right, you know, it's the right thing to do. And it's a fun, it's a fun experience. I can tell how passionate you are about it just by listening to you talk about it. That's really cool. 
Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's been a lot of fun. And again, this year will be a little bit different. We, you know, we're going to have a, a different setup, but uh, you know, we weren't going to we weren't going to give up. If as long as they still wanted to have the event, you know, we wanted to make sure everybody's going to be safe, but but we can still get some more kids outside fishing. Awesome. You um, <laughs> you got any funny stories about the lake, or about your uh, your time as a ranger here? I know you do. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's there's tons of stories. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about your first day at work. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, we uh, our project office is located, well, as you know now, but we're right next to the city of Waco's uh, police department shooting range. Uh, it's also where they do some SWAT training. Uh, just another block over is the training center for the local community college for emergency services. So, uh, you know, most days at work, we don't, we don't even think twice, you know, you got this gun range going off and, and it, 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 you know, you don't think about it. Well, my first day coming to work, they were doing SWAT training. And so as I was pulling up, they had a vehicle pulled over around the corner by their range and they had full, you know, the officers were out there in their full SWAT, um, you know, throwing a, smoke grenade or something into the car and pulling people out and i was like man where did i move <laughs> you know I just, it, it was one of those first days that you're like huh i, I can still turn around <laughs> but uh but no i mean it's been great um it's a you know every every place you go there's some there's some you know your office is always near something weird and uh that one's been pretty weird but uh you know now, now we're used to it, but that was a, that was, yeah, that was the first day I'll remember. You got a, um, Mike was telling me this other funny story about you were riding around with your game warden friend and you got stuck behind a bus. <laughs> oh yeah. That was, uh, that was a few years ago. That was on my personal time. It wasn't, it wasn't here at work. Um, but yeah, we were driving around. I, I was doing a ride along and we were on these back roads out by Crawford, and there was a, a big bus that was kind of taking up the whole road. And, um, you know, those roads are small, so there really isn't a lot of room for a bus to, to share the road. And so we ended up passing the bus and um, remembered we were down over by uh, former President George W. Bush has a ranch out there and saw the Secret Service folks and started talking to them, and they said, oh, yeah, that's George Strait. His bus is coming up. He's going to play for uh, <laughs> for George for for W's uh, birthday, and we're like, oh man, <laughs> that's yeah. a pretty funny story. But yeah, I mean, there's there's it's there's all kinds of stuff that goes on at the lake. There's all kinds of goofy things that happen, um, you know. But it's a fun lake to work at. It really is. It's there's never a dull day, and if it is, it's because you're not doing something right. Um, there's always maintenance to do. There's always, there's always, you know, people are always out here. Um, uh, it runs a lot better, though, when it's open. So, you know, yeah. these floods have been taking a toll on us. Just, you know, people want to be outside. We want people to be outside. And, but our mission here, you know, is, is number one is flood risk management. So we flood our own facilities and damage our own facilities in order to protect the city of Waco and other downstream cities. So Makes sense. Uh, I think we're getting that. In the last how many floods we've had, people are starting to understand. It doesn't help the, the frustration, but people are understanding, oh, okay, well, that's why you can't release water right now, or that's exactly. why we're flooding. You know, it's, it's, again, just like the life jackets and water safety, it's all about education. You know, people, people need to know, and that's what we're here for. Absolutely. 
Well, folks, I think that's going to do it for us here at Waco Lake. Um, thanks so much for listening. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at USACE Fort Worth, USACE Fort Worth, Facebook.com slash USACE Fort Worth. Uh, Twitter is USACE underscore Fort Worth. You can catch this podcast on YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify now, brand new. Just got a uh, channel on Spotify, so you can listen on Spotify. And, of course, uh, Apple Podcasts and on Facebook. Uh, and all that, all that information, along with the information for Cast for Kids, um, how to obtain a hunting permit, uh, and any other information that we talked about will all be in the description box below. Mike, thanks so much for your time. Yeah, thanks for coming down. <laughs> for doing it a second time since the first time didn't work out. Well, it, I mean, it worked. You just couldn't hear anything from the yeah. wind. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, we had to film this one inside just to be safe. It's actually, it looks like it might even rain today, and it's really humid. So it's more comfortable inside. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but don't let that fool you. Life is definitely better at Waco Lake. Y'all need to come down to Waco. Um, if you see Mike out at the parks or, or on the water, definitely say hi. Um, and I think that's going to do it for us. Awesome. Thanks so much, Mike. Yeah, thanks for coming down. Catch you guys on the next episode.